Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello everyone, this is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. Hello, everyone. I am privileged to have Jim Britt here with me today. He's a legend. It's all about beliefs and bringing your best self out into the world. Jim, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Umar. I appreciate you having me. One of the things I was excited to talk to you about was this, is that if you talk about money, most people can't. It's like, that's a taboo subject. It's like, oh, we don't talk about that. We don't ask people how much they earn. We don't talk about our problems. That is unhealthy. Why do you think we have such a hang up around money? And it's not just here in the US, it's a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think uh, most people would rather talk about their sex life versus money. <laughs> and uh, yeah. it's easier to talk about, I guess. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of people fear money and a lot of people fear fear having it, fear not having it. Uh, so it's kind of a battle that goes on between their ears. And, you know, everybody's relationship with money is different. You see some people that make a, you know, a huge fortune. It seems like it just rolls in. And the mm -hmm. next person is is doing similar things, but yet uh, the money is you know, stays out of their bank accounts. You know, it does. And there's a possibility growth. that the second person doing it might be more brilliant, more talented, better looking, and yet still something their belief around money is dictating that they do they live a smaller smaller life. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a personal example of that. Uh, you know, I grew up in a, a poor family. Um, we had food to eat, but that was, uh, and, and sometimes not enough of that. Uh, but we were very poor, not, not, I wouldn't say poverty stricken, but pretty close. Uh, we had a roof over our heads. Um, I grew up, my first job, uh, was at six years old picking cotton and that's not an easy down job. South? And, and I picked cotton for up until I was about 13. How much uh, did you get paid per bag or whatever? <laughs> per pound? Two cents a pound. Two cents a pound. And cotton is pretty lightweight. So it takes cotton a lot of cotton. Very lightweight. So uh, so it took it took a lot. I mean, at six years old, I was, I, you know, I maybe I made 50 cents a day or something. Uh, but my parents and, and all of the siblings went out and picked cotton during the season. And we did that because we needed money to buy school clothes. We need money for the family. And occasionally we'd get a dime here and there, a quarter here and there that we got to spend. Um but that was my my first, I'd say my first exposure to making money. To money, uh, yeah. But I always heard my parents talking about uh, how little they had. You know, we can't afford this. We can't afford that. We can't pay the rent. We can't, you know, this and that. So it was always a struggle uh, just getting by. And you know what's interesting, Jim, is that uh, some people grow up and they realize that we didn't have any money, but we didn't realize we were poor because their family was talking about family and and love and uh, the money subject never came up. And it wasn't until they were much older that they realized, hey, we were poor, but we were happy. We didn't even know we were poor, which is kind of a blessing, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it was. I mean, we were a very happy family. It was a loving family. My parents were not alcoholics or abusive or drug addicts or anything. You know, they, they were normal people and, and we grew up poor and but yet at the same time, you're programmed. Everything that happens in your life, you're, you're programmed to 
uh, to believe certain things. And, and the more you get programmed, the more it becomes a core belief. Um, and, and money is a big one. You know, we've heard there's not enough to go around. Money doesn't grow on trees. Uh, uh, the love root of, of all evil, root of all evil, you know, on and on that we hear these things. And so, so let's go back to what you just quoted, which actually uh, I think is a misquote. And a lot of people do that is the love of money is, is a root of all evil. And it turns out that it was actually the lust for money. Yeah. Well, that's, which is a different feeling, right? Yep. So going back to your story, Jim, what's kind of interesting is another person could have been in a family identical to yours mm-hmm. and that upbringing could have crushed them financially and just mentally. And you could also have a third person going through the same experience and they kind of go, I'll never let this happen again. And they end up being like bazillionaires. So it's not only family experience, but it's the meaning that we make from that experience is the one that counts. Well, you know, uh, you see siblings from the same family and one of them breaks out of that mold and the other one stays in it. Oh, yeah. Um, I've seen it happen many times, but I'll never forget the day that I was 12 years old and we had just finished picking cotton and we had enrolled in school and, and I got to buy two shirts and one shirt was, uh, that I picked out. I got to pick them out myself. I was so excited. So I go to the department store. One shirt had a kind of a green pattern with a blue design. And then they had a flip of that with a blue pattern and a green design. So it was the same shirt, but just flip of the colors. Yeah, And I liked it so much that I, I bought those two. And then I go to school the first day and sure enough, I get all kinds of compliments on it. The next day, a few compliments after about four or five days. And I switched to shirts every other day. And after four or five days, somebody comes up and says, Hey, are you going to wear that shirt all year? And I tried to explain to him, you know, I've got two of them and I switch them back. Oh yeah, really? You know, <laughs> my kids are. And and I, you know, I was like sixth grade and this went on for the full year. I felt like, you know, an inch high because I, 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 I couldn't convince anybody. And then before long, the whole grade that I was in was kind of kidding me about wearing the same shirt all year. And I'll never forget the last day of school. I get off the bus and I'm, I just walk away from the bus and this kid sticks his head out the window, the one that started it all. And he said, hey, Britt, get another new shirt next year. And it, it, it upset me so much. I went home and I took both of the shirts. The one I was wearing, I ripped it off. And I went in and got the other one. And I ripped it up. And I, I cut them both up and dug a hole and buried them. <laughs> and then I stood there and I said, Hilarious. I and I said, when I grow up, I'm never going to live like this. <laughs> and that was a turning point for me, I know, you know. Um, but still you have these things you have to overcome, you know, you don't realize that your subconscious programs are, are guiding your life, uh, positive and Yeah. Cause we can only see the behaviors. We can't see what's causing them. Well, he, you know, here's a good example. I had a fellow just recently, he said, I haven't been able to pay my bills on time or fully each month for 25 years. And I said, wow, that's a long time. And I said, what are you going to do about it? And he said, well, I'm thinking about cutting my overhead. And I said, well, there's nothing wrong with that. But I said, in two, maybe three months at the outside, you'll be back not being able to pay your bills on time. And he said, well, how do you know that? I said, well, you're addicted to it. You've been doing it for 25 years. 
that's your core belief. And I said, unless you figure it out yourself or you have somebody like me or somebody else that walks you through how to break that cycle, you're going to stay in it for the rest of your life. So Jim, do me a favor. Think about a client and don't mention the name because we want to protect the innocent. Mm -hmm. Tell me about a client that came in that had a money issue that was stuck and then walk me through how you got them to change that limiting belief to get an empowering one. Okay. Well, that, that fellow is a good, uh, a good example. Um, you know, the, uh, I call it an addiction. Um, I, I, it's an addictive cycle that we get in. And you can, you, can, mm-hmm. you can use this in any area of your life, basically. But uh, every experience that we have, we attach a feeling to it, good or bad. Um, but if you have a, 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 a negative feeling and you keep repeating an experience that creates that same feeling, eventually, especially as a kid, eventually you start to think in those terms. You start to think that that's who you are. And, and eventually, if you think that long enough, you're going to believe it. And that's going to become a core belief if it's programmed in that way. so And so what was this guy's belief that we're talking about? What belief got developed? Well, his belief was he couldn't pay his bills on time. Now, uh, that came from his, uh, from his upbringing as well, because he, mm-hmm. uh, he was told that he would, as a, as a child, that he would never measure up to his siblings, uh, that he would never make any money, that he would never have a good profession. That, you know, so he, he, that was programmed in. So that was his experiences as he as he grew up, and then and and he couldn't he couldn't control spending. Every time he would get money, he'd just spend it because because he never had it. So when he got it, he spent it, and so um, so the cycle. Every time you re-experience that, it strengthens the cycle. So it goes from thinking to believing, and we always act on what we believe. Our behaviors are influenced by those beliefs. In every area of your life. And then every time you act upon something, you create a result. And the result creates a different feeling because that's another experience. But if it's if it's the same cycle that you're in, then that result that you created actually feeds the original experience that you had. So it just keeps strengthening. All right. So we've got that. So you got this cycle. So how do you how did you help him break out of that? Okay. A couple of things, you, you know, it, once you half of learning how to break it is understanding what cycle you're in, mm-hmm. that you, what, what addiction, it, it, whether you're a procrastinator and you put it off for whatever reason, but you don't realize you're procrastinating or you're late for appointments every time you go to an appointment, but you don't, you don't think anything about it. That's just who you are. But once you understand that you're doing this, um, now it's a conscious thing that you do. So instead of an unconscious thing, see, we have, we have, makes uh, sense. We have habit patterns in our lives that uh, positive and negative that influence our behaviors. Now these habit patterns become second nature to us. So in a positive sense, it would be like a second nature habit might be driving a vehicle. You know, you don't have to relearn to drive it every time you get in or, uh, walking across the room, you don't have to relearn to walk or talking is another habit pattern, or we have hundreds of them that would be difficult to live our lives without. But on the other side of that, we have negative habit patterns that um, become second nature to us. And we don't know we're doing them. We have no idea that we're doing them. And they're all always based on those core beliefs. 
So it once you understand what you're in, then what's required is two things really. Um, you've got to you've got to decide what it is. Well, I'd say more than two things. First of all, you have to have a desire to change. Uh, because Absolutely. without that, nothing happens. You, you so I'm going to pause you right there, Jim. Uh, I'm going to pause you there for a second. Uh, it's an old joke. You've heard it. How many shrinks does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but the bulb has to want to change. So <laughs> yeah. yes, they have to decide they want to do something about it. Then what? That's, that's true. That's absolutely true. Isn't it? I haven't heard that one before. But they do have to want to change. Otherwise, you can't help people. You know, it's like... So you help them identify the pattern. Then they yeah. go, holy crap, I want to change that. Then what? Yeah. Well, you're... It's it's a it's an understanding of what what happens. Uh, your brain, your subconscious, is a lot like Google. So you Google making money. Try it sometimes. Uh, you Google making money, and you'll get your about picture came up. You get about three and a half billion files in 0.25 seconds. Yes. Well, you it can never go through all those files. So it would take ten lifetimes. So what do you read? The first page, typically. And sometimes you'll go to the second page. Well, your brain's the same way. So if you've had all of these experiences about making money and they've all been negative, then when you say, well, I want, I'm going to become a millionaire or I'm going to make, I'm going to double my income from a hundred thousand this year to 200,000, your Google pops up instantly without you even knowing it. And it's going to give you the top 10 experiences you've had with making money. And if you've tried and failed 10 times, it's going to say, hey, you've tried and failed 10 times. What makes you think you could do it now? Well, you're already off course. You, you, you've already sent a, a, a message to your subconscious that is confusing. So to break the cycle, you've got to have a desire to change. Then you have to make a decision to change. In other words, you have to make a decision, whatever it is you want to accomplish. So if you want to go to 200000 a year from 100000 then that has to be a decision so strong that nothing less than that will do. Because that creates the mindset so, and determines how you show up uh, to the world and how the all world... All right, so let's, uh, let's pause you there just for a second. Okay. So I desperately... Uh, I've got a neighbor. I'm just making this up, by the way. But okay. For argument's sake, I've got a neighbor who's been uh, praying every Friday for the last 20 years that I need to win the lottery. Or this year is going to be my year, and they want it, they believe it, but they don't do the action to make it happen. So wanting it and deciding, so how do you go from like consciously deciding it to have it kind of go in your unconscious where you're actually doing stuff for, to make it happen? Well, th think about this. If you had no desire to, let's say, become wealthy, whatever that means to you, if you yeah. had no desire to become wealthy, would you even see opportunities if they came along? Absolutely not. So I might no. glimpse it, but wouldn't believe it. Well, you probably wouldn't even be looking for it because if, if you're oh, if, for if sure you're not interested, uh, it's like uh, I, I I bought a new um, a BMW a few years ago, and and I I saw one and I'm going I, that that's what I want, and so I placed an order for it. And, and it was on its way in. But then from that point forward, I must have seen a hundred of them between uh, you know, when I ordered it and a week later when it came in, <laughs> because my right. consciousness now is looking at it before I wasn't. So it's, it's like, a, um, yeah, a, one, a woman was telling me one day, she said, I, 
uh, I never even saw ever a cement truck that I know of. And she said, I started dating this guy that drove a cement truck. And she said, everywhere I look, there's a cement truck. <laughs> so Makes if, perfect not, sense. if yeah. you don't want to accomplish something, why would you go look for it? Why would you be open to even seeing it at all? So the person so, decides, I guess what I'm trying to understand is this, is that uh, this is kind of a bizarre example, but you could have somebody that beats his girlfriend or his wife. And afterwards, they are so devastated they did it. And they make solemn promises that they absolutely believe, honey, this will never, ever happen again. But that, And they truly believe it. If you took a lie detector, you would say 100% the truth, this will never happen again. But sure enough, three weeks later, it happens again. So you get somebody you're helping and you get them to decide, realize there's a pattern that's not healthy. They decide they want to change. But how do they get that level of intensity that actually gets them to change? Okay, I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a real live example of that. Um, I a few years back, I had a woman that came into a workshop. Uh, I happened to be standing near the registration table when she walked in, um, and I saw that she had bruises on both of her wrists. She had a busted lip. Mm -hmm. She had a black eye, and she had bruises on her throat. And it was quite apparent she had been abused. Now she had makeup on and trying to cover it up, but it just didn't cover it. So. We started the workshop and about three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, different people were sharing things. And she said, well, I, I have something to share. It's really hard to share, but I want to. So she says, um, I've been in um, four marriages and three live in live together relationships with men. And she said, every one of them is abusive, physically abusive. And she said, the guy I'm with now, I'm not married to. Uh, when I left this morning, he said, if you ever if you ever try to leave me, he said, I will kill you. And she said, and he means it. And so she shared on about, uh, you know, uh, how she felt. And I said, well, I said, you guys and she talked about her, her boyfriend as well. I said, well, you guys are a perfect match. She said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, let me see how this goes. I said, he beat you up. And then he, he, you run him out of the house. And a few hours later, he calls you back and says, I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll never do this again. Uh, please take me back. I said, now you're in control and he's seeking acceptance. And so you accept him back. So you feel good because you're in control. I said, now when he beats you up, I said, you're looking for acceptance. He's looking for control. I said, is that about right? She said, yeah. I said, so which is it? I said, for you, the underlying cause of this conflict, which is it? The need for you to be in control or the need for acceptance? And she thought about it for a while. And she said, I think a need for acceptance. And we dug into it for about 15 minutes. And it was some upbringing and things that, that happened and abuse that happened in her life. So she was always looking for acceptance, real needy type person. So that's like uh, a deep down what's driving it. So brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And see that, that goes into all areas of your life. It's not just in a relationship. It goes into relationships and business and everything that you do. Uh, and money. So go back to your hero, the one we were talking about. What was his underlying belief? Because the initial one was, you know, uh, I won't have enough money. I'm not good enough kind of thing. So what was the, the belief that you uncovered? Was that it or was there something that deeper? Was, that was it. He, uh, the belief, he had a belief that he just wasn't good enough and and would, would never make the amount of money that his siblings make and would never amount to anything. So he, see, what we believe 
as a core belief, we will do almost anything to prove to ourselves and the outside world that what we believe is true, even to our depth. Absolutely. Yeah. So this. So how did you get him to shift his mindset? Um. Well, so he identified the cycle. He believes what you're saying. I've got this belief. This is a cycle. I need to decide to change. How did you get him to believe that decision and actually do something about it? Well, for, uh, the first thing was him seeing that he was in that cycle. So I helped okay, him discover what that cycle was. And I said, now it's it, when you do these certain actions, I said, um, that becomes a conscious choice for you. And I said, you consciously do certain things. You unconsciously do certain things now that keeps you in that situation. But I said, now you need to turn it to consciously when you're doing it, become what I call an observer of yourself. See, every action you take once you decide what you want, it's going to move you toward that objective or away from it. As simple as that. Success at anything is that simple. Once you've decided you want to do a certain thing, whether it's make more money or lose weight or have a better relationship, every action you take in that area of your life is going to move you toward having that or move you away from it. Uh, we live in a, in a black and white world. We don't live in a gray world. Um, but a lot of people live in that gray world. Well, this is not really bad for you. Well, it's either bad for you or not bad for you. It's one or the other. So... That's what I got him to see. And, um, you know, the, I ask a few questions too. Um, one question I ask is, I want you to get, well, first of all, I say, I want you to get in touch with how that makes you feel not being able to pay your bills on time or fully. Right. And he said, well, it's, it's frustrating and it's a little fearful but I seem to always get them paid, but not on time. So how does it make you feel? He said, well, frustrating and, and maybe a little depressed. I said, okay. I said, do you like feeling that? And he said, no. I said, do you feel that that feeling supports you in being able to break out of this cycle and, and be able to pay your bills on time? And he said, no. I said, um, do you want to let that go? And he says, yeah, I do. You know, that depression, that, that feeling of frustration. He said, yes, I do. I said, okay, I'm going to ask you another question. I don't, don't want you to answer it just yet. I said, are you willing to let that go? Are you willing mm -hmm. to? Um, and I said, because the next question I ask you, you no longer have an excuse to being uh, to continue to not pay your bills on time. I said, are you willing to? He said, yes. I said, last question, when? When are you willing to break out of that cycle? When are you willing to let that go? And he said, I need to think about it. I said, what's there to think about? Right. <laughs> he, he said, well, um, I don't know what'll be there when I, when I let that go. I said, well, what'll be there is solutions right now. Your solutions covered up with the anxiety and the depression and, and the feelings you're having about not having to be able to pay your bills on time. I said, that's what's there now. When you let that go, solutions appear. 
So, Jim, just pausing you there for a second, because uh, you can hear it in the languaging that you're bringing up. That became his self-identity. This is who I am. And all of a sudden, this weird guy, Jim, is saying, lose that identity. And that's a hard thing for people to do. Oh, yeah. yeah so anyway, that, he made that change. And so yeah. how difficult was the change to retain the change? Uh, well, uh, to retain the change, first of all, you have to say, I'm willing to let it go now. Oh, so not generally. So this for this particular guy, this... This guy, how long did it take him to actually adopt the new behaviors? Was it right away or did he have to fall back a couple of times to make it happen? No, it, it was right away. It was oh, right brilliant. away. That's like true because, belief change then. Yeah, because I, 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 I explained to him, it took, a, took 15 or 20 minutes, but I explained to him that, you know, you've got this, you've got this feeling of anxiety toward money and depression and, and frustration and I said, that's a ball of energy that you're carrying inside you. And it's projecting out to the world so that what you're going to attract is what you're projecting out. You're going to attract people and circumstances that will support what it is you're feeling. You know, just like a person feeling lonely, they're going to attract circumstances that make them feel more lonely. So absolutely, that's what he was doing. And I think he finally saw that that's what he's doing. So finally, he, uh, I, after asking him four or five times, when are you willing to let that go? And he finally said, now. And it was almost like you could see, you could see this relief come over his face. And um, understanding is, is really the big thing. And I said, now you've got to become self-observant, not become aware Awareness of one thing, you could be aware that you're broke or struggling, but I said, that doesn't do anything other than make you aware of it. You've got to have a tool. And here's your tool. It's self-observation. Separate yourself from what you're doing and look at yourself doing it. And I said, as soon as you do, you disconnect from that feeling. So if you're feeling fearful or anxiety or whatever, stop and observe yourself and say, there I go again all wrapped up in this fear, all wrapped up in, in um, uh, feeling frustrated. I said, as soon as you do, it disconnects from that feeling. And I said, the more you do that, the more it'll go away. And eventually, Jim, maybe quickly, it'll go away. And sometimes it takes a little longer. Jim, thank you so much for sharing that story because there's not too many people in this world that can help people identify limiting beliefs and more importantly, change them so they can get the lives that they want. Jim, thank you so much for sharing that story with us. And it was great having you on the program. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming. And that is the fastest way to get better results. 